everyone, and welcome to episode 93 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening, and if it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. And let's just get ever let's just get started with the ever faithful news. Yes, always there. News is kind of all over the place this uh, this week for sure. And I wanted to start with the Troy Baker <laughs> uh, yes. teaming up with a voice and a voice AI NFT uh, company, and he's trying to push like his own NFT via this like voice AI company. It's like the strangest thing. And a lot of the backlash for this is because this voice AI like company is trying to develop voices to take over for like people doing his job in gaming. So a lot of smaller voice actors or even just voice actors in general for like video games and stuff are angry at him because you're you're pushing the exact kind of thing that's trying to take you out of business. Like what does what does that say about it? And he went on a podcast that's uh, co-hosted with Alana Pierce and some other um, game industry professionals. And, you know, he defended and he's looking back, of course, on everything. He kind of didn't see it how I guess he thought of or how the public would conceive it. But, you know, the, it's the NFT thing. Like everybody's eyes get big, especially when you could sell your likeness or art. And everybody goes, oh, I can make a ton of money off of this. Yeah, of course I want to join up. Like they're just they're just trying to make money. So I, I don't blame them. You know, every the more money you have later, the more you thoroughly you can retire, I guess, or, just, you know, buy more stuff with. So, you know, it's it is what it is. But it, it's strange. This controversy. Yeah, I mean, it def- definitely seems like literally everybody's trying to cash in on the NFT thing recently. Um, if you have any type of following or influence it seems like you're going to be getting into nfts seems like the easiest way to make money right now it was a little eyebrow raising for me that he chose this one though um i don't think he's ever in a going to be in a position where he won't be able to find work like troy baker is the go-to for video game voiceover work so maybe it doesn't seem like as big of a threat to him but yeah for everybody else like you could be getting rid of a lot of jobs potentially with with this AI. Um, I don't know. I I get why he did it for the money. I think maybe he should have picked a different avenue, personally. Yeah. No, like it it wouldn't be such a controversy if he wasn't doing this with an AI voice yeah. company <laughs> that's trying to like take over, you know, essentially what he's trying to do in his job. You know, it it Maybe he probably could have done a better job or his marketing team or his publicist could have done a better job of being like, oh, we could have like not done anything else but an AI voice company. But, you know, they were willing to pay him probably a large sum of money. And he went, OK, sure, I'll take the money and then went from there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to be doing NFTs. We just have to get used to it. Uh, yeah. It's just a new way of life. Unfortunately, I still refuse to buy into it, but I don't have a huge following to push nfts on so <laughs> it's not as important to me <laughs> um all right i'll go into some delay news that i uh, saw this week we have stalker which was supposed to come out originally i believe march does that sound right um going all the way back to december of this year getting a big old delay i was moderately excited for this game um the original stalker was fun back in the day so i was excited to try it out again I can't say that I'm like super, super bummed out that I have to wait until December now, but it seems like a decent amount of people were a little bummed on this one. Yeah, Stalker is a game that we're look- that, that like I'm looking forward to just because it's another cool first person shooter uh, from uh, fr- for Xbox, especially. Mm-hmm. I I have a feeling it's got like, yeah, they could probably polish up the game, but I imagine like everybody's probably looking at February right now and going, let's get as far away from February as possible. Yep. Like there is going to be a backlog of games after February and like your game could get lost in it. And people are going to go, you know what? I don't have the money right now to pay for stalker in March. So I feel like that's part of it too. You know, Uh, all of those games in February are kind of taking up all the publicity at the moment. And stalker, I didn't know was going to be released in March until I saw the news as well. So yeah. that's where, you know, it's probably better for the game and the developers themselves that they get more time to work on it, which hopefully cuts down on 
crunch time and everything like that. And then also they get to have the ability and maybe flexibility to even move it up to like October. If it yeah. looks like October is not going to be as busy. Yeah. I mean, I've been keeping my eye on it cause I tend to check game pass at least once or twice a week. And, uh, I will say they do a good job of like randomly adding games in there and they'll be like, Oh, out now. But like, if you go to game pass right now, um, and you go to the coming soon tab, it's literally rainbow six extraction and stalker that's it that that's all that's on there and we know it's going to get filled out um but this was like the one i was like all right well we got this one to look forward to hopefully rainbow six is good but at least i got stalker so now when you look at it you're like all right well they got to start announcing something um because it doesn't look like they have anything coming out in the next couple months on game pass not that there isn't a million things on there to play right now yeah Next up for me, and I am just going to follow up my little NFT thing. And I think this is where NFTs could be done right, if I'm being honest. Uh, Konami sold a Castlevania NFT, which included like original art of like Dracula's castle and the character he plays in that game for over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars It's about one hundred and fourteen thousand in euros. But. Like after reading this story, I kind of feel like, you know what, NFTs and like digital art could be something that works. Um, a lot of the times like these art, like a lot of the times art like that ends up getting lost to time or kept in somebody's portfolio. And especially with like storied, um, franchises like Castlevania or like Mario or, you know, Zelda or Halo. Like if you can sell that art and make NFTs out of it. I've I don't see an issue with that kind of thing like that is direct money into the like the, the game developers pocket and all of that art is usually sitting in a book where only select people get to see it or something like that. I, I I don't know like I read this story and I went you know what like it would be cool to be able to have some NFTs of you know certain certain art but then I don't know and you know this is kind of my my naivety when it comes to NFTs whether or not okay so like a picture of mario like 64 and when he gets a star or something in one of the worlds if somebody gets an nft of that is that going to be like taken off of google so you can't <laughs> download it and print it or download it and set it as a wallpaper i really don't know how that's going to work and so maybe it's not a good idea but yeah. um i thought for this particular thing i thought it was i thought it was all right you know and we talk about nfts kind of being a either controversy or a little kind of schemey thing in order to get people to buy more from your game or to invest in a game. And this seemed like an okay idea for me, but I don't know all the clarity or legal stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. I'm, we're just going to end up within the next year or so, we're going to end up just becoming an NFT podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. All the news is just going to be NFTs. Um, yeah. I just did the Castlevania one. It looks pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would assume like you'd still be able to go to Google and and search a Mario picture and set it as your background, even if it is an NFT. I mean, worst case scenario, you could always print screen and take that picture. You just don't own it. Somebody yeah. else does. But as long as they're not taking away the ability to do that, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah, I guess we have to see because I feel like maybe NFTs only really matter when like somebody's trying to make money off of it. Like, let's say somebody took that screenshot of Mario, printed on a bunch of posters and tried selling it. Yeah. Like in that particular case, does that matter or does it not? You know, it's. Eh, I don't know. It's intriguing. You know, if you print out anything Nintendo and try to sell it, they're going to find you. Yeah, exactly. Immediately. Yeah. And they're going to send the wolves or, yep. you know, whatever Nintendo CIA <laughs> there is. Yep. With a team of lawyers behind them, their, their lawyers are constantly ready to go. Yeah, they, they 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 got their own private jet at this point, you know, with Nintendo Law at yeah. uh on its, you know, logoing over there. <laughs> uh all right. So, I don't know if you've seen like recently I saw like I think it was a TikTok of somebody taking their PS4 when they got their PS5 and they're slowly moving it off their shelf and then they have like the PS3 and the PS2 saying like come home my son. Yeah. The time is over. So, that's the Xbox One now. The Xbox One is officially dead. Um, Microsoft said they stopped making it in the end of 2020. Um, so apparently it's been dead for over a year. But uh, officially, officially dead. You're not going to find one new 
in stores anymore now that you have been able to. But I saw that and I just thought it'd be kind of cool to now this is like no preparation for you and I really, but uh give me your top Xbox games, Xbox One games. The the thing is for me is like I don't remember playing very many Xbox One games. Okay. I had an I had a I had an original oh wait, no, sorry. Xbox no, One. I, you had yeah, one. <laughs> I, no, I'm thinking of Xbox One and I'm thinking of the original Xbox. Mm. When you said that, my brain went to the original Xbox. That was <laughs> Xbox that was One. The, you know, I have to let's see here. I really liked the medium. Okay. Uh and you could have played that on either one. Mm-hmm. Forza Horizon four yep. uh would be another one there. Let me see here. What other games do I I'm trying to think of like exclusives as well. Yeah. yeah. Cause they, you know, didn't have a lot master chief collection. I'd probably put in that. Yep. Put in that area as well. See here. I guess now the issue is, is what are the other two? Um, <laughs> I'll say like as far as, cause I was kind of trying to look over things that have come out. Um, immediately what comes to mind, not necessarily like strictly on the Xbox, but that's where our love for apex came from yeah. Uh, yeah. was on xbox uh i'm thinking of what was the other one i was thinking of i'm to find it sunset overdrive was a big one for me when the xbox first came out um rocket league was huge for me uh you said the master chief collection gears of war um yeah i'd say gears of war yeah yeah four and five i had fun with that um Technically, even though I played it on the 360, I would say GTA 5 because that's yeah. it really shined more on that console. And then um, the Resident Evil series and also for me, the Wolfenstein series is really big. And then the last one I thought of was the Tomb Raider series. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Tomb Raider series on Xbox One. I thought all of them were pretty good. Yeah, weren't they on Xbox for a little bit like they I it was like a so. timed exclusive sort of thing. I know the like the first two were, I believe, but those were really good at the time. Like those like almost didn't blow my mind, but I was like, that was the next step in next gen gaming was that first Tomb Raider when it came out. I thought that was it was like dark and gritty. And when you died, it was like super graphic. She was getting like impaled by stuff. It was crazy. Yeah, it's a fun (laughs) game. Fun story. Yeah, like I definitely was more of a PS4 guy because I didn't pick up the one until the one X came out. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was well into its life cycle. Right. So um, definitely not Fallout 76, like without a <laughs> doubt. You know, I, I still think I deserve my money back or at least it's a good I memory, get, like, though. Right. Yeah, I, I probably <laughs> should get like Starfield for free or something from Bethesda <laughs> for having to deal with that. Yeah. So people know, are still playing Fallout 76, though. And good for them. Yeah. Not me. Nope. <laughs> I won't touch that game. Nope. Avoid it like the plague. And then <laughs> a little bit more serious news. And I had sent you this video as yep. well. Uh, one of the X play co-hosts from G4. Her name is Frosk. Uh, kind of went a little bit viral on the Internet for her. I, I don't even want to call it a rant, but no. her. It is a rant kind of. Yeah, it, it is a rant. Um, yeah. Yeah, she wasn't wrong, but yes. Yeah, on women in gaming. And this is kind of something that everybody and I, I guess this kind of, it hit me because I did see it. Like I saw it happening on like live as that was going on. Mm -hmm. And what it was is Frost was kind of talking directly to the, directly to the, to the uh, watchers of X play and went, hey, I get I'm not easy on the eyes like Jessica Chobot. Or, you know, Olivia Munn, Olivia Munn or Sarah like even, Underwood. Yep. Yeah. Or like mm-hmm. any of the other, you know, notable women in gaming that have done like gaming hosts, you know, even IGN. I'd probably consider in this with some of their hosts as well. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of went off on a rant and told them, like, you know, she sees the comments that are said about how, oh, you know, her opinion doesn't matter because she's not as pretty as Jessica Chobot or Olivia Munn. And I just thought that was like I was appalled by the fact that like people just like. Frost and anybody like anybody in this world should just if you have an opinion on gaming should be taken on like your opinion, not because of your gender or the way you look or how you dress or how you live. If you have an opinion on gaming and put it online, it shouldn't be. 
you shouldn't be judged on your appearance. Uh, it's how you write and how you talk has got nothing to do with with the way the person looks. And like I've watched X play a lot. Like they they're doing a great job of catching up on games that came out uh, while the show was on hiatus or like canceled. I should mm-hmm. say in a way. <laughs> and I I love the content that that entire team's producing. You know, like it's it's fun to see Adam Sessler, but it's not feasibly possible for anybody to play all the games or catch up on all the games uh, that they missed or the, or the games that are to come out later. And I just love Frost's point of of, you know, saying that, you know, women are hot in gaming isn't like a compliment. Like it's not it's not about that. It's not about the reason they're hot and that you can stare at them and they have big boobs. It's about their opinion and how they write about it and how they share that opinion is what matters. And uh, I, I yeah, I was just. I was just appalled at the fact that, you know, while she was going on this rant, like the the Twitch chat was just kind of one silent and two, all of the angry people, you know, like, oh, it's not that or or anything like that. Like, it's 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 not because of that that we don't like you. And it's like, well, it it kind of is like you can see it on the YouTube uh, comments. You can see it on like their Twitter for G4 when they post like highlights of X play. Like, it's very apparent. And it's just too bad that this even needed to be said. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I thought about it a decent amount. And I honestly have not watched a whole lot of the new X-Play. I've watched, like, highlights, but I don't, like, tune into it all the time. I will say that when G4 was at its peak um, and had its own channel, I do think that Olivia Munn and Sarah Underwood, specifically on Attack of the Show were almost put there like they were featured that way as hot women. Whereas I don't think Morgan ever really was like, I feel like for the most part, everybody took Adam and Morgan very seriously on their reviews on games, but attack of the show was not about reviewing games, right? It was about like tech. And then they were just doing like weird skits, Uh, Olivia Munn and Kevin Pereira. But it was very apparent that Olivia Munn was there for sex appeal. Um, and specifically when Sarah Underwood came in near the end as well, she was as well. Um, but I think what they're fighting against right now, which they shouldn't have to, is yes, that she's a woman and a lot of people will always find a reason for that. Not in a right way, but they'll find a reason to go against that. But also, I think they're also fighting against people who are like, well, you're not X-Play. X-Play is Adam and Morgan and that's it. And Adam's still there, yes, but Morgan is not. And I think they look at her as like, you're not Morgan, which you shouldn't be doing. Morgan's not there because she's not there. So um, I don't have a problem with her. I 100% agree with what she said. Um, It shouldn't need to be said, but obviously it does uh, because the comments were pretty bad. But yeah, I mean, even her point where she was talking about their reviews, like, those reviews are written. She's reading the same thing that Adam's reading, but because it's coming out of her mouth and not Adam, they have a problem with it. Whereas yeah. if Adam would have read the exact same thing, they would not have had a problem with it. And it shouldn't be that way. And I appreciate in the video, Adam, like, you know, he was not there in person, but on the screen clapping, showing support like that's big. Um, but yeah, like hats off to her for having the courage to do that. Um, you yeah. could tell it was making her angry. While she was saying it, you could tell she was getting heated, but good for her for standing up. No, yeah, I am. I completely agree. And it's, you know, it's a reminder to that, you know, any listener of this show, you know, don't, you know, there's, there's almost, there's no place for hate anywhere right now. Why, mm-hmm. what's the point of hating on people that you probably will never meet or probably will have nothing to do with, or even the people you do meet in life? Why, why hate them? It makes right. no sense, and it's a waste of your emotional energy. So, just don't. Just, uh, just <laughs> learn to exist. Yeah. Stop, stop hating one another, and stop fighting. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't do anyone any good. Yeah, I mean, at the end of that, her whole rant, as she said it best, like, if you don't like what X Play is, don't watch it. Go yeah. somewhere else for your reviews. Like, there's people that uh, I don't hate but like i don't 
agree a lot of times with their reviews and I don't agree with how they come across. So guess what? I just don't listen to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not that hard to go find somewhere else with people that you enjoy more. So if you have that big of a problem, go find something else. There, Stop wasting your time typing all those comments in there. Exactly. Um, I don't have any more news, so it's all to you. All right, just a couple small things. Um, Tim Allen has announced that he is coming back as Santa Claus for a Disney Plus series. Sweet. Uh, just <laughs> past, uh, just past uh, Christmas here, you know, it's January 16th. Christmas was just last month. It's nice to see that Tim Allen's willing to come back and do that. Those movies, I know, have a, uh, like a special place in a lot of people's hearts as like Christmas movies in general. So it, it's nice to see it. I'm interested to see where it goes because it is a TV show and not a movie. So... Maybe, and I don't know how many of those original actors are going to come back as well, because it's been a while since we've seen anything like that. But yeah, and there there are three, I think, Santa Claus movies. The third one doesn't exist in my mind. The first two are fine. But yeah, I only heard Tim Allen was the only one confirmed coming back. So yeah, it, but we'll see. I hope more come back. Uh, you know, the I always thought the kids were very endearing. And even in the third, when they grew up, I thought it was nice. Uh, I, I like that the elf portion of things and I don't even remember their names, but like they were a big part of the story as well. So yep. hopefully they come back. Logan Paul, and I know this is very small here, mm -hmm. but very famous YouTuber Logan Paul got sold fake Pokemon cards and it cost him three point five million to get these cards. And the reason there's all this controversy is that before he bought these cards, there is a like authenticator called the baseball exchange, uh, baseball cards exchange. And they authenticated that these unopened cased packs were authentic and were, uh, and were indeed real. And then when he went to open them up, they are filled with GI Joe cards. <laughs> and, you know, I you know, it is it is a scummy thing to do. Whoever like sold that to them and uh, had it, you know, made off with probably a lot of money. And I don't know if he's going to have to give it back or if who knows, he's in another continent, maybe, uh, you know, living living off of that three point five million. But I think a lot of like the blame here is probably going to go to the baseball cards exchange and it's probably going to hurt their reputation like a lot because this is kind of the biggest card news in a long time that people have heard of. Like, yes, like Pokemon cards are still selling out at ridiculous rates and old Pokemon cards, of course, now are even worth more than they ever had been. And with that, you know, $3.5 million worth of original Pokemon cards is nuts. It's a lot. And the fact that the authenticator couldn't tell the difference between a fake just kind of goes to show Nobody has any idea what they're doing uh, with this still because the card collecting craze is still such a rampant fad. So, you know, I'm. It, it there's like both good and ends here, like to everything. And, you know, it's it's just a very interesting story to read, like learn more information. You can find out like who sold the cards and everything like that. But, you know, I wonder if we ever get like a story that goes, okay, he had to give the money back or <laughs> no, they can't find him or that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I saw, I watched the video and then I was like, I need to do some digging because number one, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that this is real, but it could be. Um, but from what I could find, it does seem like Logan Paul got his money back. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, and then it got, I, I don't know. I think the authenticator refunded him the money or something. Uh, I could be wrong, but I thought I saw that like the guy who sent it apologized and said he didn't know or something like that. But I could be wrong there. But yeah, you should uh, if you're the authenticator, that's your job. Yeah, right? like you need to be on top of this. Um, I've watched recently. I kind of fell down a hole of just like people opening packs of like basketball cards and Pokemon cards. Oh, it's a deep hole. It I, is. I, I, and I, like, I've, I've fallen down that before as well. It is. And then I just start developing this hate. For people who are just like buying up insane, insane amount of cards and like are like there was one where this guy spent like I want to say it was like 40 or 50 grand on basketball cards. And there was I don't know what type of packs they are because I'm not that far down the hole, but they're the ones that had like 10 cards in a pack and they all were like ones that had pieces of a jersey inside of it. 
Yeah. So they were like super expensive packs. And he was only looking for the LaMelo ball card because that's the one that's selling for the most right now. So he's just going through and opening all these packs and just like these cards that are definitely worth a decent amount of money, but not even caring about them because he just yep. wants the LaMelo ball one. And I'm like, man, like collecting cards when I was growing up was a fun thing, but I feel like these people in general are just making it seem so scummy and yeah. gross. Yeah. I, I just have a deep seated hatred for people like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely like a fad that like just kind of blew up during COVID because you're mm -hmm. stuck inside with nothing to do. And it does like and, and I'm with you, like I used to collect cards a lot. I used to love collecting football and everything like that. But the price of these cards just are now so inflated and so hard to get that it's not even worth it Yeah, to try and to try and collect it or waste your time doing it. You know, it used to be fun for sure. Yeah. And it still is fun sometimes, but there are people who are like buying up all of these like multitude of packs of things so that nobody else can get them. And then you've got, you know, the, and of course, like the card that he's looking for, that Lamello is like a limited card. Yeah. So and he did find it. So I will put that out there. He did get one. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, now he's one of those people that are either going to sell it and not like appreciate it or. You know, it's going to go to another seller and then another seller and then another seller just trying to make up more money where the card just continues to get tossed and turned until somebody actually cares about the card and not so much making money on it. Because that's what a lot of this is about now is just trying to turn a profit. Yeah. And I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not a saint and clear of this. Like I did not fall into the card collecting during the covid era, but I have fallen hard into the Funko collecting. Like my Funko collection is over like 150 now. So yeah. like I'm just as bad as everybody else. I just am going with those instead of cards. And also our game collections are insane. Yeah. <laughs> Funko, Funko collecting is different and maybe yeah. and it's probably a conversation for another day. Yeah. But, you know, that's definitely look more into like the card collecting stuff. If you're interested in it, just like look into the stories about, you know, people have like gone bankrupt trying to look for some of these cards people have like lost their lives yeah. trying to do this stuff like it's definitely a fad that i hope like dies down and i'm glad cards again are back to being popular because for a while there they were you know cards and especially like sports cards were on the verge of dying because yep. nobody else was getting them or anything like that so it's nice to see that it's back but it's kind of back in a really dirty scummy way <laughs> what i don't like until it dies down and people who are in it for the money lose interest and then maybe i can go back to it well yeah hopefully they get interested in nfts or something like that yeah. i would much prefer that and to be fair there already are like basketball nfts of course you, could, you can buy <laughs> the, i've i'm i know this hole i've been in it so <laughs> that's uh, fair i'm staying away yeah definitely stay out of it but it's interesting to read for sure i it, it's it's fun learning about this stuff but yeah that's going to be it for news. Uh, let's go on to games this week. And yeah. I'm going to tell you something, Craig. I've been bad. Uh-oh. Uh, didn't play game, anything. Uh, it's not that I didn't play anything. Okay. I, I found out that Monster Hunter Rise came out on PC. <laughs> okay. And I haven't played anything else. That's fair. It, it uh, And that kind of goes to show how much I probably like it. Mm. But in a time where I'm supposed to be catching up on games... Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of that way the first half of this week. I got sucked into trying to get to Diamond and Apex. So that yeah. was literally like all I was playing. And then about halfway through the week, I was like, I got to start getting some game. So I did open my Mario Kart home circuit. I played that. Um, I did play No More Heroes 3. And then uh, I am not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but anacrusis i believe it came yeah. out on xbox game pass so i did play that as well all right um do you want to go over any of those games i only have one so it's okay. kind of uh yeah so mario kart home circuit it's been out for a bit um i got it for christmas i just hadn't even opened it yet it's been sitting there taunting me along with i don't even know how many other games that i haven't unwrapped out of the plastic yet but i figured i was like i have to do this i have to at least give it a shot so um Interestingly enough, I opened it up and there is the Mario cart and there's the cardboard gates. And then there's a piece of paper that says 
download this off the store and that's it. No directions, nothing. And I was like, okay. Um, so I did set it up. I made a nice little track going through my living room and kitchen. And uh, I'm surprised, one, how well it works, and two, how good the camera is. Like, it's phenomenally good. Really? Yes. Okay. I was surprised. Um, so I, I wanted to go through my living room and kitchen because my kitchen is tile. My living room is carpet. So I wanted to see if it would go through both. And it does. Um, it handles itself pretty well on carpet. When you get like mushrooms, it obviously picks up its speed, which is kind of cool. There's also like the 50, 100, 150 cc's. So you can make it go faster. Um, what was cracking me up is one, chasing my pets around with it because it's hilarious. Yeah. And two, like the whenever it would go from the kitchen to the living room, it would have to kind of jump up onto the carpet. And then every time it did that, Mario would do the little woohoo. Every time oh, really? and that was, it was, I was cracking me up, but, uh, it's really good. It's really, really good. I think the problem is, is like setting it up takes up a ton of space, like a ton. So it's not like you can leave it up all the time. Uh, I'm going to make a track probably today, later today down here in my basement so I can make like a bigger track. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. I'm having a ton of fun. It's definitely like could be a good party game i think and you had no issues with connectivity just because i know that was the that was the one complaint is that it kind of worked in a bluetooth fashion yes so if you if it got 30 feet or more away like you would end up losing connection to it but if i would i would say that like the only time i had i never lost connection but when i went like all the way down my hallway it gave me a little warning like low connection um so yeah i don't think you can make like if you're sitting on like one end of your house or something or your apartment and went to like all the way on the other side, it probably wouldn't work. You kind of have to like walk behind it, I think, at that point. Um, but yeah, it, for the as far as everything else, like I didn't have any problems. It set up easy. It connected right away to my switch. Um, and yeah, it was good to go. Cool. All right. That that's exciting to hear just because I know mm-hmm. that game was cut like. It is nice to be able to like use almost your own household environment. Yeah. Or to be able to make a track, which is cool. And I imagine your pets, like your cat probably would have probably had a field day with that. Yeah. Thing. She was following it around. Yeah. Uh, my dog was terrified. It was trying to hide. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like it tends to go on sale a lot now. So like if the Luigi one were to go on sale, I might be tempted to pick it up just to have two because I think that could be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good time. Cool. All right, and for the only game I played this week, Monster Hunter Rise uh, yes. PC. This is a PC port of the Nintendo Switch game. And man, I cannot like express how much better this game is on PC. Like, and I know this is like the Switch's hardware's fault. Like, this isn't like Monster Hunter Rise's fault or anything like that. But what's nice about Monster Hunter Rise, it's that it's a smaller game than World. So we you get all like the graphical updates and you get all like the unlocked frame rate and everything like that. And the game looks pretty good, but it still reminds you occasionally that it's a switch port. So the. The screen uh, like the the title screen is like still in like 30 frames a second and the um, and like the way your character kind of clips through the world occasionally and sometimes you drop frames does remind me that this is a switch port, but it is. I'm having so much fun. I love like the Japanese inspired art of it. I have friends playing Monster Hunter now, uh, now again. And I think like Monster Hunter Rise just builds on what Monster Hunter World was just in a smaller form factor. And it gets me excited for whatever the heck they decide to put out for the new Monster Hunter that now comes out. will probably uh, on like PlayStation and Xbox because they tend to switch. Um. I look forward to more of the DLCs that come out for Monster Hunter Rise. Like I can't express like it is just it is just a fun game. Like I I love the monster collecting portion of it. I love the whole strategy of my armor and whether or not it's strong against the monster or weak against the monster. You also get a cat and a dog if I haven't said that in the original thing. So the fact that you can run around with your dog and your and a cat just as kind of the ultimate fantasy of like, you know, you and your you and your cat dog uh, running around killing huge monsters. It 
it, it's grabbed me again. Like it was the same thing, like when Monster Hunter World, like and I finally dove into that on PC. I loved it. And I'm loving this game on PC as well. So it Monster Hunter just thrives. It, it's it's taken up all my time. I come home, I play it. I go to sleep. I set up times with my friends to get on and that kind of thing. It's my whole life. Yeah. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is uh, it's it's such a fun game. And because it is a switch title, it does do things. To make the game like easier because the switch can't handle all the horsepower and probably all the information that world could you're looking at a much. I think more streamlined version of the game where Rise doesn't have like all of this unnecessary stuff thrown at you or all this unnecessary like words. Uh, but the, I will say like the matchmaking stuff can be hard to figure out. Like once you do, it's kind of easy to kind of understand, but definitely trying to like first meet that first time meeting up with your friends and trying to go out on quest definitely still takes too many like steps to do and can definitely be confusing and be frustrating for sure. But the, this this game is just fun and the flywire movement or the wirefly movement, which is where you kind of throw a firefly and you can like zip to a point like just adds all this extra combos and all this extra movement to the game that makes it even more fun. Like it is uh, it, it reminds me of playing world and that is a very, very good thing. I feel like I missed out <laughs> because I just couldn't get into Monster Hunter. I think I've said that a million times, but I do think it was because I was playing by myself and um, playing by yourself definitely like makes things harder because you definitely have monster hunts that are much longer and kind of dra and kind of drag on mm -hmm. where especially early game like that first monster hunt takes forever. If like when you're first trying to learn and the game is overwhelming with how much information it wants to throw at you. But once like for me, I'm teaching somebody, mm -hmm. um, how to play monster hunter. And now that he's kind of learned and understood everything, cause I kind of skip over the stuff he doesn't need to know and what doesn't really matter to him. And he's having fun testing out weapons and playing the game. And he knows that if, you know, it, if he's confused, he has someone to go to. And I think that's what like the, the curve to learn everything about monster hunter is quite steep. But once you get there, you can teach other people about it and make it more streamlined. Like I do wish that that was something that they did more of because the controls are definitely like, uh, like keyboard is definitely very confusing. And on a controller, I have a lot better time and easier time using that for sure. Um, but yeah, like it's on PC. This game is so much more fun. It's, uh, it's, I uh, don't I, I love the version on Switch still, but the PC version is by far superior and a lot and just much more fun in every way. seems like both games are better on PC, right? Yeah, like yeah. Monster Hunter World on Xbox and PlayStation isn't that much different because it still had the power at the time. Right. But Rise on the Switch does not have the power um, required. And I really wish almost that Monster Hunter Rise was like a full on expansion and the next kind of sequel to world but it's not mm -hmm. um it definitely is building upon world but it's almost like a 1.5 think of it as almost spider-man miles morales okay. is what i'm gonna is what i'm gonna consider it as because it's it's smaller in scale smaller in uh file size but definitely like iterates on what world did and makes it a lot more streamlined and a lot more faster that's fair i just think it's like, I would love to just be completely sucked up into that game, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. I just don't think it hits me the same way, unfortunately. Yeah, I have to. Ha <laughs> well, you have to get on with me, my brother and friends, and we'll get there. All right. Um, no More Heroes 3, also on the Switch. I've been using my Switch a lot this week, which is interesting since I don't ever touch it. Um, <laughs> never played any of the other No More Heroes. I always thought they looked cool, but I never touched them. So this is my first one. I will say that the presentation style of this game, like I can get down with his presentation style. Um, it's different. It's interesting. Uh, every time like you defeat, because you're fighting like the 10, uh, I don't even know what they call them, monsters, whatever, like the 10 global ranking top 10 people, and you're working your way up, 
each time you defeat one, it does the little thing in the bottom on like Netflix where it says going to next episode. Yeah, it does that. Um, so they're doing each one as an episode. Um, they do different like fourth wall breaking stuff, which I always think is really cool in games. Um, so like I was almost immediately down with this game, which I didn't think I would be because it's like over the top anime style craziness. But uh, yeah, like the fighting is good. The combos are good. I enjoy the story. What I am not a fan of at all is their need to include an open world, which is terrible. Um, It's awful. Like, just let me do a linear experience. Let me fight these 10 people and give me the story. But like you fight one and then it'll be like, all right, well, in order to fight the next one, you have to do these other smaller battles to prove that you're ready, which means you got to go outside, get on your motorcycle that doesn't control well at all. It's an open world on a switch, so it doesn't look good. Um, And then you just have to drive to these random spots on the map and then fight like three things and then go fight another three and then go fight another three. It's just painfully boring um, and like really takes the fun out of what otherwise I think would be a very good game. I don't know how this game reviewed. I didn't actually look, but man, if they would have kept this linear like a like a Bayonetta or something. Man, I would have been so high in this game, but I don't even know if I'm going to finish it. We'll see. It just having to do those meaningless fights in between is just like draining. Um, but everything else around it is cool. So there's that, I guess, if you can get through the the boring nonsense. Yeah, the No More Heroes franchise is definitely like allured me a little bit. And mm-hmm. like, I think it's I think it's a really cool. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right word for it, but almost like artistic game. Yeah, where it's not really like anything else you play before in the way that it tells its story. And yeah, it's super anime bombastic sort of stuff. Yep. But the, the sword play and like kind of the whole, it it kind of is a game that does, that doesn't take itself too seriously, which in a world where all of the story games feel the need to tell this like depressing grounding or, you know, serious story. It's nice to see a game that kind of can laugh at itself. And that's what No More Heroes, I believe, one, two, and three did. Yeah. Um, I do admit, like the whole like open world stuff in Switch games, like I it it worked for Switch. I well, it worked for Zelda, is what I meant yeah. to say. And I guess I get that. And even so, I'm not the biggest fan of Breath of the Wild. Neither of us are. But mm-hmm. the I, I just wish they kind of realized, okay, maybe this isn't the best way to take it. We should just do linear, or like even if it was. Instead of an open world, make it so it's almost like a linear pathway through a castle yeah, or something like that to prove yourself or the dungeon area of the, of whatever boss you're trying to go to. You can yeah. still tell story bits in that like little mess of stuff, but it just I, comes I, I across as like tacked on, you know, yeah. like to extend the time like you don't have to extend the time. Let me fight these 10 people. Give me like a six to eight hour experience with a cool story. I'm in. Like, I'll play that in a heartbeat, but them trying to tack this on. And there's like other stuff in the open world. I'm like, yeah, I have no desire to touch any of this at all. Like, I'm just trying to get through it. Um, But yeah, if you can get through that, I think there's a good game underneath there. And then uh, last one I played was Anacrusis. I'm going to say that's how it's pronounced. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, They did just drop it on Game Pass. It is not officially released. I think it's in early access. Okay. Okay. Reminds me a lot of Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood, except you're on a spaceship and it's uh, 70s themed. Um, so I can get down with the Left 4 Dead type game. Obviously, Back 4 Blood was not my thing. Uh, I will say you can tell it's early access. Uh, it controls kind of clunky. I don't think the guns necessarily feel that great. I found out pretty quickly that the shotgun is like the only thing worth using. All the other guns seem extremely weak. Uh, so just running around with the shotgun and killing everything in one hit is definitely the better way to go. Uh, I don't think there's really anything here that's like super new I at all. Like it's all stuff that's been done before. Um, you're, you know, you're teaming up with three other people and you're going through chapters just like Back for Blood, just like Left for Dead. I don't think the story is anything spectacular. Um, the enemies are pretty bland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it's that great. We'll see once it like officially releases, but like I played the first act so far and I was like, I don't really have any desire to play anymore. I tried to give it a fair shot more than I gave back for blood, really. 
but uh yeah it's it's not that great all right uh one game that i did uh i didn't even play it but i want you to watch the trailer for the next podcast okay or you could even watch it while i'm ranting about some of the movies i watched sure i was exploring the jrpg section of sony don't do that and a trailer (laughs) i saw i ended up watching a trailer for blue reflection second light jeez it is a, a it's an absolute anime game, but uh, mm-hmm. a buddy of mine and I were watching it last night and we could have just stopped laughing at the uh, at the trailer. It is it's everything an anime guy wants. That's what it is. Is it? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> OK, I'm skipping through it. I'm seeing a lot of schoolgirls. Yep. Um, looks like you can hold hands. Yeah. And. Yep. You can change their outfits. Yep. And I see her walking on a plank over water. Oh, now she's sneaking away from enemies. It randomly just said, we bond our saddest hearts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's definitely anime. That's for sure. Yeah. This looks uh, like there... a game that could end up on your top 10 list. You, you think so? It did come out in 2017. <laughs> it's it's actually a game that's been out for a while. Okay. But, uh, so they... you're saying you bought it. No, I did not. It's still 60 bucks oh for a game God. that's been out for five for, you know, over now, almost five years. It <laughs> it was just interesting. I didn't expect it. There's like it's almost like a life simulator mixed with like there's a whole like crafting element of things like, of Minecraft, course. And then there's magical girl turn based combat. Okay. It's got it's got everything anybody could ever want. It, it was it was funny. I was watching. So expect a full review next week. Uh, that's I, what you're telling me no no because there's too many other games coming out and that's the that, like i would buy that and i'd be like okay this is the last game i want to play yeah to be fair you though, would never is, need another game again yeah like i i would cancel my pre-order for horizon elden yeah. ring dying yep. light 2 i would never touch anything else ever again <laughs> that's fair but uh, with with the fun out of the way, let's get into movies and TV shows where I watched Book of Boba, the newest yep. episode, uh, the first three episodes of Peacemaker. Yep. Eternals. Yep. And I finally watched Kingsman, the Secret Service. OK, I that's, had never seen that movie. That's the second one, right? No, uh, the, the first... Golden Circle is the second Gold... one, I believe. So you watched the first one. I watched the first one. Yes. OK. All right. All right. Cool. Um, I also watched Book of Boba, Eternals, Peacemaker, and then I started from episode one and caught myself completely up with Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Righteous Gemstones. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about the oldest thing here, which is Kingsman Secret sure. Service. Um, I had no idea how much fun this movie was. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is such like it's and I guess it's because I've grown up with the serious James Bond like 007 movies. But this is so much more fun because, like, the gadgets they have, how they build up the story of, like, how their code names are based after, like, Knights of the Round Table. And it is such a fun, like, secret agent movie that doesn't take itself too seriously and have fun because, like, um, who's the villain with the list? Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson's hilarious Mm -hmm. in this movie. And Taron Egerton, I believe is his name is also very good in this movie and the fight scene in the church is incredible (laughs) it was uncomfortable for me was it yeah yeah i i I didn't expect it to be like that violent that's what i mean like i saw that in theaters and i was like uncomfortable with how violent that was yeah it was but it's such a good fight scene and i know Mm -hmm. it's like a fake one shot I, at least I think it's I don't know if it's a real or fake one shot, but it's meant to look like that. And I just like I, I watched that movie and I was like, OK, I want to watch the second one just because it's so much fun. Like <laughs> where I've grown up with these serious spy movies and seeing, you know, Daniel Craig's 007 be this serious like person that you kind of forget how much fun these movies can be and how like serious and how like not seriously they have to take themselves. And this is just a very good example of that. I had so much fun with Kingsman, the secret service. Yeah. Enjoy it. Cause it's all downhill from here. That's what I hear. <laughs> Oof. Second one's all right. I didn't mind it. I didn't see the newest one, which I think was just in theaters not too long ago, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's reviewed very well. The first one is definitely the highlight of this series. Um, I think you'll enjoy the second one though. 
I I will be watching it by the next podcast, so we'll make sure to I'll, we'll make sure to talk about it. Yeah, um, I want to talk about Book of Boba because I want to talk about the moped gang. <laughs> the moped gang, yeah, <laughs> and that's all anybody's talking about this week. Uh, I've seen it everywhere. Um, the episode's fine. I enjoyed yeah. the episode, but my God, what were the mopeds doing? <laughs> Yeah, that was it, it, it's, it's it so is out a, of place. Yeah, it is a weird episode. I yeah. am I am more enjoying Book of Boba like the less I, I'm kind of over the whole flashbacks yeah, now. So too. I'm kind of hoping we're done with the flashback portion and more on with like the regular story stuff that's going on current day in that. But the moped gang is the strangest thing. <laughs> like so I get weird. that they're humanoid or they're human yeah. people that mod themselves with android parts it is so weird i will um, say too um just as clarification this that episode was directed right by robert rodriguez so it makes sense that he would do something like that and it makes sense that danny trejo would show up because him yeah. and robert rodriguez are like very close um but i think for me too it was just it doesn't make sense in a star wars universe to have brightly colored moped land speeders it it's just weird. <laughs> I guess that has to be like what this world's bikes. Is yeah, that what it has to be? Because like you would think they would be on regular speeders because that's mm -hmm. what everybody else has driven or the one. I actually haven't seen this vehicle in a long time, but it's almost like a little land speeder where you stand up on it like a moped and it like floats in the air like that was in the original movies, yeah. uh, especially in the forest uh, scene. So uh, like you would have expected something like that. Yeah, but I guess like these mopeds are meant to be like a city vehicle. It almost feels like a police. But they're not in the way. city. They're in a desert. Uh, they're a Tatooine, a desert planet where everybody's poor. Yeah, no, <laughs> and you're, you're these not wrong. Brightly yeah. colored land speeders with like 15 mirrors on the sides. And they're like, not only that, I thought the chase scene, like it seems so slow. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I was like, this is just a weird you would think they'd be like super fast and be all. But they were just kind of it seemed like they were cruising at like 25 the whole yeah, time. It, on their it little seemed like it was. Head. Yeah, it seemed like it was a chase at 35 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't know. Like everything else is fine. I am I am excited about what they're going to do with the Rancor with Boba. Having him ride it will be cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That just kind of threw me off. I just was watching. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I would like to talk about Eternals next. Yeah. It's uh, finally out on Disney Plus. It's finally out on Disney Plus, and I enjoyed it. I don't have yeah. a problem with it. Mm -hmm. uh, I like it. I really like the whole story, and I will say the movie looks really good. And yep. this was their first movie that they did the IMAX enhanced experience. So if your TV could support it, it would randomly change the aspect ratio to fit an IMAX screen. It was the weirdest thing because my TV, it was like jarring at first, <laughs> like when it would switch aspect ratios and I didn't know what was going on mm -hmm. until I looked at it and went, oh, my TV can handle this. So I guess it's doing it. It yeah. is one of the like strangest sort of things. I just wish the movie was either one way or the other, but it was a it was a weird experience to begin with. But I think. I don't know, this movie kind of gets a lot of hate that i don't get yeah like i i like every single one of the people i do admit like you could have cut the sex scene yeah like, completely and it would not have mattered you kind of were on it for a little too long <laughs> in my eyes like yeah. you you literally didn't have to do it and it ended up not doing anything either unless mm -hmm. like um i forget her name chloe's character but like it's not like they have a kid yeah like it it doesn't it, it literally was inconsequential to, to the entire movie <laughs> yeah. in a way other than to tell you that these two are in love um but i thought everybody acted very well um matt malakari or matt uh, Macal the super speed girl yes who speaks in sign i thought was cool mm -hmm. uh druig was also a lot of fun with his mind control. And I thought Selma Hayek, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Athena, uh, Athena, uh, F Fustos, Fastos. Yeah. 
I thought I really liked all of the Eternal Heroes. I thought it was a lot of fun. And yeah. I don't really get why this movie gets as much hate as it does. I really don't. Yeah, I I don't hate it. I do think it gets a lot of hate it doesn't deserve. I think it's a little long. Um, but also they're trying to introduce a million characters and give you backstory on all of them. So I get why it was longer. Uh, I thought the fight scenes looked good. My favorite by far was Thena, Angelina Jolie. I thought she was great. Um, thought she held her own. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't have any issue with that. I don't understand why it has such a low rating um, and why people are like, oh, it's the worst Marvel movie. It's definitely not the worst Marvel movie. Definitely not the worst. I'm looking at you, Thor 2. <laughs> Dark world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will say... I was a little confused until the end. I'm like, why do you get such a big name like Kit Harrington, Jon Snow, and not use him? But when we get the end credit scene, it makes sense. Um, so obviously he's going to be showing up again uh, as a Black Knight, um, not to be confused with Moon Knight, which is Oscar Isaac's TV show, which I think we're supposed to be getting a trailer for soon. We do um, have one trailer out already. Yeah. So don't confuse the two there's black knight and there's moon knight um but yeah i i enjoyed it for what it was it was they did a good job of introducing everybody giving a backstory and telling what it is they're doing and why they weren't helping the avengers um so that's all you can really expect do we need another movie probably not um but we're gonna get one <laughs> so i mean i i don't feel like i missed out waiting this long to see it it doesn't really have a huge impact on the Marvel universe yet. Um, but it's fun. Like it's on Disney plus. It's a good watch. Definitely don't avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely say that. I just like, I do like, I don't even know. Who, like we're getting into like this stuff that I don't even understand. I don't even know who the black Knight is. I don't you know. Will. <laughs> I don't know who Eros is. Yeah. Uh, which is the Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah. For yep. whatever reason. I don't, I don't yep. get that either. That's uh, um, that's um. What's his name's brother? Uh, Thanos. That's Thanos', Thanos. brother. Yes. <sighs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. Um, I feel like that movie kind of left off in the same way Black Widow did, where, you know, you send uh, Black Widow's sister, who's going to tell everybody about, you know, the Black Widow project and fake and like get them under, get them out of the mind control. Mm -hmm. We're now. They're also sending the Eternals out through space and time in order to tell the other Eternals yep. to stop doing this or something like that. It was, yeah. uh, it, it's a lot for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, I enjoyed the movie and I thought, I thought the end, the end bit of it was the most fun. I guess like the one thing is the monster that can like uh, take people's powers mm -hmm. or their celestial circuits, I guess in a way. I thought I thought that was very underused. I thought they could have oh, yeah. done a lot more with him in like a really cool way, because I, I almost thought of him as like an Ultron. Type he should have villain. also been on their side, right? I, Not I, fighting. I, I mean, at first he's fighting against them. And then once he starts absorbing them and he starts realizing that, like, he's being used as well, just like the Eternals were, you would almost think that, like, he should have been like, let me help you destroy everything else but he doesn't he just kind of gets i mean we get a cool fight scene with dina yeah. but uh he just gets killed <laughs> definitely underused i would say too um that if it wasn't for them mentioning like i think twice they mentioned the snap yeah. like i i would have totally forgotten that this had anything to do with the marvel universe at all you're not wrong <laughs> like them throwing that in there i think was them being like hey don't forget like this is still tied in because it like it has nothing to do with anything that we've seen so far. No. Yeah. I'm completely with you. It, it If they don't, cause like what's weird is like, there's no cameo of any sort from anybody. Yep. So they try to make this thing its own movie. And yeah, if, if you didn't pay attention to the twice, the two times that they mentioned the snap, <laughs> yep. you wouldn't even know it's a Marvel movie. Ever. Yep. Yep. There's no tie in whatsoever anywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't even see like a captain America shield anywhere. Nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I guess you're right. Yeah. Nothing with him. Nothing yeah. with Iron Man. You have Selma Hayek's character mentioning the snap a couple times. And then yeah. at the end, obviously, you have Harry Styles, who's Thanos's brother. Um, but that's really it. Yeah. That's all you get. Yeah. 
All right, so then uh, Peacemaker is what. Yeah. Uh, one, or you want to talk about the gemstones? Yeah, we can do Righteous Gemstones. Um, Righteous Gemstones is on HBO. Uh, season two just started. I think they there's two episodes out. There'll be a third one out by the time this airs. Um, Righteous Gemstones is literally just following a. It's a comedy, comedy drama following a family that runs a gigantic church, like super gigantic. What I would say about this show is it's Danny McBride. Danny McBride wrote this show. You have John mm-hmm. Goodman, Adam Levine is in there. But I will say this show is hilarious. It's like hysterical. And it's crazy that they find a way to take something like a, a family running a gigantic church and make it hilarious. But also at the same time, like they're not completely like spitting upon uh spirituality right yeah like, like religion yeah right they're not doing that like you can literally look like i watched this whole thing this week that whole first season and these extra episodes in the second season and i'm like wow that's crazy because i've watched a lot of stuff that has to deal with like spirituality and this is like they can poke fun at it but at the end of the day um they're not like spitting on it so yeah. it, it's, okay. it's it's very very funny i it's extremely high recommend i think this will probably end up on my top 10 tv shows for the year uh but yeah it's great i had a blast so far i'll have, to, I'll have to check it out because yeah. uh it there de- it definitely rides that fine line mm-hmm. of like if you end up spitting or like making fun or like demeaning religion in any way you're gonna have an entire group of people like hate you oh yeah um yeah <laughs> but if you can ride that fine line people can find the funniness in it and also not take it as a slight against them so yeah yeah, it it's, it's great. And it sounds like it doesn't. Yeah, it's great. Check it out for sure. But we can do right. Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of like funny shows. <laughs> yeah. Peacemaker is not what it's, I expected. It hilarious. is weird, but it is fun. Yeah, it yeah. is. I, I just don't know what to expect from episode to episode. Like, mm-hmm. yes, John Cena playing Peacemaker. He picks up literally the mantle of being Peacemaker from the Suicide movie, Suicide Squad movie. And puts him in this oddly non superpower villainy world in a way and starts giving him like the small stuff to do. Like his father, like <laughs> is just this absolute D bag that you hate. Yep. Yep. And Eagly is hilarious. <laughs> I find it hilarious. He has a pet American Eagle. Yep. And like the CGI for him isn't terrible either. Hmm. Um, it, it doesn't look that bad. Um, I guess more so like from the three episodes, like there's still so many questions that I have no, we don't have an answer to, which yeah. can be a little bit like underwhelming at the end. Cause at the three, at the end of the three episodes, you're still kind of like, I have no idea what's going on and what this butterfly crap is. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's fun and it's just very different. Um, the CW shows focus on making themselves like so serious. And that's what I feel like I, I have to apply it to. Because really the only other like live action shows are like the t- uh, like Teen Titans as well. And the CW shows, they're all like so serious. They don't yeah. they don't know how to have fun. And this movie is fun or sorry, yeah. the TV show is fun. The first three episodes are, are you have laughs at them. I just like I was watching this and I was like, I want to know what happened between John Cena in f- the latest Fast and Furious movie and now. I don't like maybe it's just the script in Fast and Furious, but like that man can act. Yeah. Right. And like it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. Like, man, he's actually a good actor and he can actually hold his own TV show that centers around him. Um, Yeah, he's hilarious. Eagly is fantastic. Um, But yeah, I have having a blast with this show. I think it's great as well. There's been a ton of good TV so far this year, like a ton. Yeah, we're starting off. Nice. Yeah, starting off the year strong. I do want to see him be more of like a. And I'm sorry for language, a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way which we really haven't seen in these first three episodes, right. where it's definitely trying to be comedic. Like that is without a doubt, James Gunn is making this funny. Um, yeah. But I also hope, like in his movies, you do get time where everybody gets their time to shine, and. Uh, I just feel like John Cena's or Peacemaker's character really hasn't had that time yet. Where, like, we don't have that scene like he had with Deadshot or Killshot in the Suicide Squad yet, where they were both, like, competing with each other. 
I want to see a little bit more of that because like that was them at like hilariously funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and they keep going to like the same joke of like, oh, you're supposed to achieve peace no matter what. <laughs> like, you'd kill yeah. women and children yep. for it. And I get that they're trying to like spin on that character in a way. But I, I do want to see a bit more of like him being that like title of a superhero or an yeah. anti-hero in a way. Yeah, more of an anti-hero. It's kind of like a almost almost like a Deadpool almost, right? Like a bad Deadpool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do need to see more of that. And it could be just because the budget isn't as big for a TV show as it is for a movie. Um, but I would hope at least we get by the end of this series, one or two good like fight scenes out of it. John Cena. I mean, we got the one in the first episode where he was fighting the girl yeah. uh, in the apartment. Like, that was kind of cool. But uh, that's just John Cena being John Cena, being a wrestler, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a strong start for Peacemaker. I had high hopes for this, and so far, it's it's been delivering. Skip the intro, too. I watched the intro once, oh, and I didn't need so to see good. it again. It's weird. <laughs> it's it is, so good. It is so weird. Like, they... I, <laughs> My I, favorite. I I know that they did the intro on purpose. Like James mm-hmm. Gunn has like come out and said like, Oh, like I thought this would be funny. Yeah. And he said, he literally wants you to press like the skip intro button. Yeah. Um, I think he's just trying to have fun with it in a way. And it is in a way fun, but it is such a weird, weird intro. <laughs> that is. It's a dance number. Yes. It's a dance number. <laughs> it feels like it's making fun of Hawkeye in a way. It could be. Yeah. But there was no way with how close those things to are like coming out to each other. Like, I don't feel like it's doing that, but it, he, no. did, he did a really good job. Of I thought I, it caught me by surprise the first episode. And I yeah. was like, what is this? Why is John Cena dancing? And then every character in the show is dancing with him. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I enjoy it. I think you really only need to watch it once, but yeah. it, it's one of the better intro sequences I've seen for a TV show in a while. Yeah. You watch it once and I feel like you've seen it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. All right. We're going to go ahead and end it here for the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. If you liked it, please make sure to rate it on whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening to on. If you liked it, please make sure to share it with your friends who maybe like movies or gaming as well. If you're interested in asking us a question or getting in contact with us, we have social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we also have an email at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com where if you have questions or anything like that, we can read them on air or fun hypotheticals. You know, it's just up to you guys whenever you try to, you know, whatever you guys email us at. So with that, thanks for listening again. We'll see you guys next time. See you later.